Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by PDAC. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustleshare PDAX. Also powered by Podmetrics the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. Just keep thinking, just keep iterating, do like smallest projects you can do. And if you're persistent enough and if you're honest with yourself enough, then you'll eventually build something that really resonates with you. Um, and, I'm, and I'm super lucky, I'm super blessed that I'm in this situation where I get to do that now. Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. This podcast just keeps younger and younger. We're almost three years old, and I feel like every single year that I uh, do this podcast has returned into our third anniversary soon. The types of founders I've been getting lately are borderline kids that need to bless to me before they <laughs> answer the million dollar question. And this is another example of another founder who's been doing an amazing job, you know, um, blazing the trail for talents in the Philippines and the world over. But before I get carried away, 
Let's welcome the CEO and co-founder of this startup that's literally up next. His name is Javi Lorenzana of Up Next. Welcome to the show, Javi. Thanks so much for inviting me, Ron. Again, super huge fan of what you guys are doing. Super excited for this conversation. All right, again, uh, bless, because I'm your Tito Ronster now. It's <laughs> so funny, because a lot of the guys that I've been, I've had on first season, first probably happened the first one and a half season, they're typically my bros. Like, you know, people are now hmm. just, for some reason, just stick during the pandemic. We just went younger and younger and younger, which is also a testament to the type of founders we're getting in the startup ecosystem, because... Young and kids, like, you know, uh, again, I don't want to call you kids because you guys are grown-ass men as well. But the type of founders and the type of um, products you guys are building is just, you know, unprecedented growth and also quality. Because most founders that, uh, that start at that age, especially when I was starting out, man, that's fucking, I, I feel so old, like around 10, 11 years ago, they didn't have a... Uh, a rat's clue technically of how to build it but before i did i get carried away and congratulations for what you guys do but i need to ask you the million dollar question javi what's your hustle thanks ron so again my name is javi and i'm building up next up next is what i like to describe as education for the future of work right mm-hmm. so essentially what we do is we build live cohort-based online programs and these programs are taught by top executives and operators from Asia's most disruptive companies. So Alibaba, ByteDance, and Grab. Um, The goal here is really to build a place where professionals can sort of upskill, right, for this really changing, like, internet economy, Um, you know, surrounded by that community of just, like, curated peers. Some of our students are, say, managers at big consumer brands, operators at fast-growing startups, and even, like, students, right, who want to develop sort of that unfair career advantage so that's that's what's up next there you go up next so mba students say goodbye to your diploma. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're going doctorate this is the future mm-hmm. of work and the future <laughs> of education and that, that's exciting because again i've seen similar models um like you know mm-hmm. your your friends i'm pretty sure you guys are friends with the avion schools who are teaching any random guy to become a, a hireable sure. developer and whatnot. And now this is a new spectrum that you're talking about, but with operators to upskill. And again, in this new day and age where, you know, crypto is king, metaverse is king, mm. it's a whole new um, playground where. It's a new ballgame. Correct. And then at the end of the day, your typical Microsoft Word or whatever stuff that you that's getting taught in school is ancient as hell. And you need to be on top and i love what you guys do mm-hmm. but before i get carried away again i need you to buckle up because we're gonna go back through the metaverse timeline because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine all right see i've been traveling the metaverse uh unknowingly for the past three years now. <laughs> uh, and disrupting the space-time continuum because of this jeepney of a hustle share time machine, which, by the way, I'll be having a merch that depicts how it looks like. Really very NFTs. Excited to... You're going to drop NFTs, Ron. <laughs> yes, the hustle share time machine will be dropping that. But I, I want to I understand from your point of view, right? So hmm. how did your journey start 
in terms of startups or early hustling? How is it? How is it blowing up? Because again, I'm looking at your um, your your LinkedIn, and you came from a school that are very pop popular and creating awesome founders. So most yes. recently, the Dash Lab guys, you know, or uh, who again were YC founders, came from Savior School. But what's it like growing up for you? Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people generally, you know, they're, they're kind of surprised, like, I'm, I'm super young. But I think what isn't obvious is that I've sort of been in this game. Like, I've been in this game for a while. So mm-hmm. I, I think you might have probably seen that, you know, I've been working at startups, media companies, like here and like even abroad in Europe and Silicon Valley for around, I think, seven years now. And, and how like, young are you? Uh, so I'm 21. Um, what? Right now, so yeah. <laughs> Why do you even working on on this for seven years? Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, like in that time, it's been you know a lot of just like work work experiences, like there attending like all these networking sessions, participating in like hosting all these hackathons, and definitely like as you mentioned, right? Like I think being in Savior was kind of I think like accidental, but like because a lot of my mentors um, and friends really did influence me sort of going up in this shout out Martin Gomez. This Shout out Martin of, Gomez. There you yes. go. This and one Barry. of your disciples <laughs> now doing their their thing in the world. Wow. So, what what what's it about? What's it about? Because I'm just curious. I've, I've seen amazing developers or hackers who start really young. My God, if you've been doing this for seven years and you're just 21, what the hell mm. do they even teach you in Savior? Because other programs, you know, everybody, every school has their their computer class you know they teach you the basics of all the stupid stuff that is mostly passe but what do they teach you in tavir and how do you how deep do you get immersed that even beyond school the 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 behavior that i see is you really get hooked and you this this becomes an early part of your um adolescent life right right I mean, I, I won't say, I don't think it was Savior that um, gave me more of the startup mindset. I think like a lot of Savior and still generally take, you know, more quote unquote traditional paths. I think what, what I think I was lucky um, yeah. to some extent that I was able to meet good people um, in Savior, like Martin um, mm-hmm. Gomez from Dash Labs, like John um, from Avion, who was literally my seatmate um, in go. math class growing up. Um, I think it was just being with those people and I guess finding that subset and that was what really sort of got me right. So in, in some sense, there's some curation that had to had come there. Um, finding that community within Savior. So yeah, I think that, that's what it did a good job of. But what were those things that you guys think turned around with? Again, Martin's perfect example because again, he technically uh, harnessed the Martin Giggers of the world, the West Coleman's of the world yes. and whatnot, right? <laughs> um, how what what were those conversations like? Because this reminds me very much of like spider-man <laughs> free mit okay like this, you, you guys are you know obviously part of a smaller group but the stuff you're working on is or at least you're you're discussing or working with is is already again years or light years ahead of what what's going on in the real world hmm. yeah i mean like finding those conversations so you have to i think what i did well was sort of find a way to hack into those into that specific community and I, mm. I think it's a lot of like just being able to find those opportunities so how i met martin um it was actually pretty funny so i think this is a pretty fun example um like of, of hack being able to hack into like one of those um, situations right so during our savior high school days i think this was towards my um, maybe 11th or 12th grade mm. um we essentially saw this 
I think case competition uh, done by the UPJMA um, dudes. Shout out Kalkua from PDAX. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, and they UPJMA were famous people yeah. to get in college people really <laughs> drunk during ad hoc. <laughs> exactly. So they had this case competition called MIBC. And when we right. saw like the flyer for it, uh, I remember just saying, wow, this is for college kids. But, you know, they have great um, companies from uh, ABS-CBN, Lazada, Shopee, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually applied as um, a high school student to this college case competition. And I explicitly remember having to fill out a form. Okay. And I had to say that I was so concerned that I would get disqualified if they found out I was in high school. So I had to write, I'm from UP, dude. Like, I'm from UP, man. Wow. <laughs> so that, wow. that happened. Um, and that is actually, like, where, like, I sort of met Martin, um, Martin right? And, and we, we, it was, it's funny because we actually, like, ended up winning the case competition. Like, at least, like, my team. Mm. Um, and that's when I sort of, like, was able to build a relationship with not just, like, Martin, but, like, all of these different um, cool random dudes in tech, right? So I Got guess it. that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. If you remember, again, from seven years ago, that's how far along you've, you've been doing this. Um, what were you guys building? Because tech has evolved heavily over the past seven years. Seven years ago, I remember, again, we're still web, web 2.0. Yes. Mobile <laughs> just became mobile first. You know, it's just crazy that, you know, everything now is pretty, pretty much done on our phones. And most of our phones are actually more powerful sometimes by... Uh, uh, compared to our desktop machines, right? But what were the stuff that you were tinkering on as a high school student? Because what I mm. remember during this time is there's also a dearth of, or again, a big lack of knowledge in the developer world. Mm. There just wasn't enough quality developers back then. I mean, till now, there's still a big gap yeah. that why people <laughs> poach each other's steps technically, right? Yeah, but yeah. What were you guys doing where, again, you were just an up and up where, again, you're, you're not even on the workforce yet. What were you guys building yeah. back then? I think for my, so I don't think like I was really building anything, but what I was doing is I was really optimizing for learning, right? It, so mm-hmm. I would do, I think like pretty like typical or something every other summer, every year, like I do an internship, have it like bleed into the school year, but I explicitly wanted to take roles in different types of sectors, performing different types of roles, right? So in one year, I'd be doing marketing and one year, I'd be doing customer service and one year, I'd be doing product finance, et cetera, et cetera. And that was like sort of the mindset because at that point, I still like sort of didn't know what I wanted to do personally. And I think like that sort of was what shaped the perspective, right? Got it. All right. Now let's talk about college because you didn't study here. Yeah. Um, You went to the six and to find Drake (laughs) in Toronto. There you go. Shout out, Drake. Uh, <laughs> running yeah. through the six with your woes, technically. But what, what was it like um, with, with different back experience from Savior mm. all the way up north, up north, mm. uh, about uh, to, 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 to do, again, college? How transformative mm. was that? And how did you then find the new communities that right, you right, right. Um, became part of? Right. No, I mean... Like ever since I was a kid, right? I I think I was pushed by my parents to follow that like typical narrative of you know do well in school, get your degree abroad, work a couple of years there, come back and do something here. I think that was, that's pretty standard, right? Tiger Asian, exactly. Bring there you go. <laughs> and so that's what I did, right? And like I mean, like admittedly, like I'm super blessed and lucky that I was able to study at U of T, um, University of Toronto. Um, the first few years, the first few years were there were like pretty interesting and pretty tough. I think. What I find really interesting looking back is that I was sort of indoctrinated 
into that whole like corporate mindset. Right. And I think that that's what I really noticed about myself. Right. It, it went from doing startups every year in high school. And now suddenly I'm like, wow, I want to go investment banking. I want to go consulting. And that's just what everyone else is doing. Right. And that, and that kind of, I was kind of indoctrinated for a point in time there um, and into that way of thinking. Um, there wasn't really a like specific community of like entrepreneurs that I was able to find directly. Um, so I think like that's where I sort of lost my way, admittedly. Right. And I mean, but it was super transformative in that what mattered to me most was the people I actually met. Like, that's where I met my co-founder, um, uh, Martha. Uh, she's our COO here at Upnext. And you know, just like the perspectives also. So it really comes back to who you meet, I guess, like in, in wherever you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess like, yeah, that sort of shifts to the that was the mindset I had when sort of the pandemic hit. And then when mm -hmm. the pandemic, hit, I think like that's a totally different story of like, you know, starting to come back. I'm starting to rebuild I'm mm -hmm. back here but yeah but but that's very interesting because again um it's rare i'm not saying it's not possible but this is extremely rare to see usually it's it's two paths that i that i see that are predominantly taken in the tech realm right which is mm. you go hard on product or engineering you become a really good coder or you yeah you go heavily on business it's hard that you actually you do both, and you've done both, right? Because at the end of the day, you you're you're a dev. You know how to hack into things, but a lot of the stuff that you actually got into, especially when you go you go to Toronto, you're you're taking up commerce. This is business, and a lot of the internship that yeah. I've seen here, again, when you were still back home, you're doing product marketing, production intern, and especially mm. when you got to PDAX. Shout out to the show. Um, yes. And <laughs> you were doing finance and marketing, but how did how did you see things from having those two lenses that you now have? Because as a as a dev, you're always either problem solving or building, and you see things in code and sequences and logic. Where in business, it's sort of similar, but it has it operates a different way. How do you then attack uh, scenarios like that? Well, I think my current hypothesis or current answer to this is that it's still You're all about dev. <laughs> You're yeah, using still all about the, the scientific method. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Ergo I mean, what? Just kidding. No, so what? Yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think like from all of that, you know, like having, as you mentioned, having the perspective, um, I think it, it really comes down to two things. Like the current hypothesis as I mentioned is it's still all about the product if you actually solve something meaningful for, pe for people. But what I've learned recently, and I guess, you know, coming more onto the quote unquote, I guess like business side is really just like the value of community and building communities around products. And that's like something that's a big part um, of what I've been doing um, for the past few years, really just like finding people, talking to different people. But, you know, if there's no core solution or core thing that brings people together, then the whole thing kind of falls apart. That's my current working theory run. <laughs> Got it. All right. No, that was just totally friends. Makes sense yeah. because if you see the most successful startups here also, right? Again, mm. uh, pun intended, Kumu, which is again, Kumusta, <laughs> which is also their, what they call it, community, right? Mm. They, they have a hardcore community and they they give those community voice, communities yeah. voices. In a way, similar to us in Podcast Network Asia, that's what we also give. We give... Mm -hmm. uh, podcasters voices or these niches as well and yeah. i can name so many more that does the same thing right but in 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 your in your sense 
how did you get to practice that? Because I'm looking at it, you were in the six for 2018 mm. to 2022. Yeah. And you had a couple jobs okay. in PDAX in 2019 to 2020, mm. which really coincides with your with your studies Personal. abroad. How how did that work? Yeah, I mean, it was more of like working on some some things on the part time. I know. Mm. Um, a bunch of other people who do similar things. So like I know John, um, John Young from Avion, he also did like during um class, he would do PDAX work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for my own, it was really more coming back to the just supporting them up part-time, um, okay. doing what I could also just support and, and just like learn. I think like the biggest thing is just like continuous learning, right? So yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's true because again, the younger you start, whether it's mm-hmm. school required or not. The, the better you do in the future. Because again, you, you're, again, seven years of experience for you at 21. It's crazy. How many 21-year-olds can say that, right? Um, but yes. that was deliberate uh, in, in terms of what, what you're doing. But I want to uh, do a deep dive when we come back mm-hmm. after our first break on what you actually did in yeah. PDAC and help Nishal Gaba and what, 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 what was that like. <laughs> we'll talk about that more after the break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sashallenge.ph that's sass challenge 
impact.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We're still with Happy Lorenzana of Next. I mean, up next, not next, up next. All right. Uh, who, who, who again told us how young he started and whatnot. But before we, we, we start, uh, Javi, I, I, I ended and I uh, cliffhangered everybody on what you actually um, did for PDAX. Again, PDAX now is considered, again, there's, so there's a few companies last year, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. that we're able to only three. We're able to raise no, actually four. If you can't count Gcash, that we're able to raise, raise Series B and above, mm. and I call them the Sunicorns. And I'll say it now: look out after our anniversary because a lot of these companies going to be back here in this podcast because it's about damn time yeah. we give it. So we're going to call it call it the Sunicorn sessions. But PDAX also is up next pun intended, um, <laughs> you know, in, in becoming one of them Sunicorns. At, but when you joined them in 2019 and 2020, there weren't a Sunicorn yet. Yeah. What was yeah. that like? What were the stuff that you did there? No, no, that's true. That's a, that's a great, um, that's a great thing. I've been thinking about this for a while too. So when I got there, I think it was, I believe they were either pre-seed or seed. Um, mm-hmm. And so in that wow. case, it was a very small office. I think there were less than like 20, I want to say like, at most 30 people split into just like two rooms. And that was crazy. I think wow. being in that environment, um, being able to, you know, talk to Nichelle directly, being my being mentored by people like Kyle. Um, I think that was super, I guess, like transformation in the way I think about startups. Cause I think that's the startup that I think I really learned the most and had the most like freedom to, to explore and do things. Right. So, mm. yeah. So what were the things that you, did there and again you said that's a startup that you that made you learn the most and what are those things that you learned that uh, yeah. got etched in stone in your startup right, part right. yeah yeah no so so super deliberately um when i came in i thought i was going to be like specifically doing finance stuff um mm-hmm. but i'm talking with their needs and getting to know what they were looking for also i really i guess i may ex- like deliberately wanted to explore different things like doing things like market research um doing things like uh, brand positioning, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? On top of the of the finance discussions that we'd have um, with the business teams and so and so. So I think like having that exposure, um, I, I think like that, that, that's one of the best parts about like joining or working a startup too, right? It's that you really get to carve your own role. Um, yes. And if you're if you're deliberate about it, you can really optimize for, okay, what do I want to learn now? Or what what's the thing that I might use in the future, et cetera, et cetera. And now that's like a big part of what's done there for sure. And that's true. And again, not everybody is built to be founders, right? And that's okay. But you can be a key player in a startup where you actually get to okay, carve yeah. your own niche and your, yeah. your ceiling, you define that. Because at the end of the day, again, yeah. there's so much work to be done. But again, even if you're not the founder, you get to do founder-like stuff and founder-like experiences that you're going to have. Exactly. You're going to carry on for the rest of your life. You're gonna, again, if you take it on as a career path, per se. And you right. just love doing startups. The stuff that you learn in like a, a few months or a year is stuff mm. that other people learn in a normal career path for like five to ten years. And you get and you jumble that on into one year. Imagine the growth right. that you get to learn uh, at that point. Now, um, what you call this uh, after uh, PDAX? Yes. What was uh, 
what was the next step for you? And obviously, you're still doing school because, and the next ones that I've seen, mm. you've done product and you, you became a dev. So again, what a what a crazy amount of uh, <laughs> uh, experience that you've now done because this is yeah. full circle. This is again kind of founder yeah. work. Yeah, going all across the different components for sure. Yeah. yeah. So what was that like? What was it like? Hmm. That's, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I'd say like in every internship or new role you take in, I think like what you should generally, what I would generally do is like really just observe, um, really learn up. I think like that's what a lot of people, or like that's what I missed originally in my first few internships. Like what's actually expected of me? Um, what am I, what can I do? How can I put myself in these roles to perform better? And once, once I sort of like understood that, it was more of a process of, okay, now that I know the basics and the fundamentals, which, you know, admittedly, like not a lot of, there's not a lot of resources in that. It's sort of hard to curate and find like which specific resources can help you mm-hmm. most in those roles, um, which I think is something like if you're a company, that's something you can also help with, right? Like giving new people that context, um, right? So once you have that, it's more about, okay, now that I know the basics, now that I know what I can do, what can I really do to, to support the company, right? To support the company goals. All right. Now, before we jump into up next, right? Uh, and then just sum up all these experiences that you, mm-hmm. you did. If you like top of mind, couple lessons that you you that really got etched in stone before you take the you took the leap of being a founder. What are the main big lessons that you you learned mm-hmm. that that got etched in stone? Like, all right, I've done product, I've done dev, I've done all of these things together. I've seen how founders yeah. operate. I've seen how startup teams operate, how they're built. What what did you carry on uh, with you before you took that leap? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, I think what comes top of mind is when you're young and when you're sort of figuring out what you want to do, you don't want to optimize for things like salary yet. I mean, obviously, if you need to, that's a whole different conversation. What you should really, what I would say is you should really optimize for learning, right? Learning different things, finding people, um, great conversations. Like I like to think that books are one of the highest ROI sources of knowledge, second only to just like a great conversation with someone who really knows like what their shit, right? Someone who really knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, that's why we do podcasts here. Exactly. Uh, um, and again, this is why we have this show that we pass this on to that. So again, conversations and just imagine the conversations that you, you've had over the past couple of years. Actually, you're on like, you know, you've been talking with people for, I think, three years now on this podcast. You've done like mm-hmm. so many other networks, like, even like for you, right? Like just what are some of your favorite, say, like lessons from just doing hustle share? So um, one thing, wow, I'm, first of all, that's a good question. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> that's my job, but it's all right. It's, it's always fun to, to get thrown one every once in a while. One thing that I, uh, there's several lessons that I, I can share. Um, I'm not going to take too much time because we're going to be talking about up next after this. But <laughs> one thing is that I don't know. First lesson is I don't know shit. No matter how much I see patterns over certain archetypes of founders. So when I say archetypes of founders, uh, I would, I'd say majority of the founders that I've had in this show are either grassroots Filipino came from nothing, had to crawl their way up, 
didn't have an exposure to entrepreneurship because their parents were not entrepreneurs, but eventually had to mm. figure it out and get exposed to it. They took a longer path because they didn't have that DNA. The second one is local grassroots, but repatriated. Worked in the States, studied, studied abroad, whatnot, came back with a whole different mindset and with a whole different ambition, right? Um, uh, as well. And lastly is the expats. And they just come in here in, in, in the Philippines, sometimes even not knowing anything about the culture, but they see the macros. The like, oh my God, the talent pool is there. But when I say I don't know shit, is that even if you see those archetypes being similar paths, there's always a defining moment in their um, in their journey that made them the founder that they were. Mm. So, and you can never predict it because it's usually struggle yeah. driven. Yeah. It's usually again um, their ability to rise above uh, atrocities and, and challenges yeah. that define their, their their themselves as a founder and the startups that they they come up with. So, I don't know shit because this is what keeps me going in year three there's always that new thing that i take take yeah. on and second it's is it doesn't matter who you talk to as long as they've been in in the startup game there's always something to learn from someone and i'm being i'm being selfish that way because i get mm. first dibs mm. <laughs> before i share it to everybody else in the podcast right it's like oh god i learned that from this I, and i i see myself literally just copying a lot of these things that i've learned from the best of the best out there Ah, okay. HR, I'll copy how he did this team and I'll do it in my team. That's like, oh, it works and whatnot. It is literally a source of information because you're right. Conversations stick through. In, in, in the books, yes, you'll be able to find data. You'd be able to find the same yeah. resource. But what's great about these conversations is that it's imbued with emotions and, and you know, yeah. and then that voice of how the delivery and it really sticks through and then. It has a bit good recall. I mean, I have a couple more, but that's basically it. And I'm just oh, blessed to, to give guys like you who are amazing what you do to uh, a platform and immortalize it in this podcast so that kids that are going to be after you, the younger they are, the yes. crazier they get. <laughs> we're just like, oh, that's how um, Hobby did it as well. So yeah, the, the, those right, are the yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and I really love those two things. I think, like, even for me, um, specifically, you know, that sort of that's that that phase of struggle is really important. And I love what you said about just like being open minded and being super curious about like different perspectives. That, that 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 strikes really strikes a chord. So, Absolutely, yeah, and again, um, my job is super easy because I just need to bring that out. You know, and me, I'm literally obviously yeah. curious about how did you do it, right? What can we learn? Yeah. Uh, exactly. just through the podcast we, we share it to the rest of the world alright let's go back to you because now we talk about Up Next you took the leap how did this idea of Up Next and why did you want to solve the problem of, of, of education especially upskilling um, actionable courses for professionals why this mm, mm, mm. yeah so I mean you know, you know me like I really I did sort of well in school at least I was able to get a UFT I'm not the person, I'm not a person who is like anti-school, right? Like I think school is really important and it's game changing for a lot of people and can like make some really big, uh, great opportunities. Mm. There's just a lot of things 
I really disagree with. And I think there's a lot of things they could be doing better. There's just so much that frustrates me um, about like the traditional education system, not just here in the Philippines, but even in, even in Canada, right? It's the yeah. same. I mean, honestly, right? Like education wise, it's, it's the same um, content delivered in the same format. Um, there's, there's not much difference. And that was something that I think like was a real mindset shift for me. And so when I sort of got the idea that, hey, right, like I've really been, you know, in this game for a while, I've been like building a network like crazy. I've really tried to really emphasize that as a point of development. It it sort of came together where the realization was school is essentially three things. University is essentially three things, right? It's the curriculum, it's the community, and it's the credential. And what we're trying to build is, and what I was thinking at the time, like, wow, what if there was something that could basically deliver 80% 80% or 90% of the value of that education at 10% of the time and cost. And that was where like the, the inner workings, or that was when like the realization sort of came about. So yeah, I want to go through it. Cause you can tell like, I'm super passionate about like, yeah. school. No, but we, school that's why we have an hour and a half to do this thing, but, the, yes. but I, I want to understand now. So that was a problem that we're, that you're trying to identify. Mm-hmm. You don't school, but why post-school? or postgraduate stuff that you want to upskill for. Because again, this, mm, this sub-niche that you're actually going into is very, very important because let's face it, a lot of people in the workforce are under, uh, you know, under-skilled. They don't even have the right skills yeah. to, to contribute at all. And they yeah. come in, they're a blank slate. If you're lucky, you hire someone who has the discipline or the potential to be great. But also, right. there's a, a big chunk of the of, of the, the workforce who are just again not ready for for hiring at all. If the, it will take years to get them there, and you yeah. know some people retire without ever reaching their full potential. And even if they go through grad school and get those additional letters on their freaking name on LinkedIn, right? Um, they just never get it because yeah. despite the education, they cannot apply it. On their on their real life work that creates impact. How did you then now create the product that solves that problem? Uh, problem, and how did you build a team to to help you build that product? Right, right, right. No, so I think the I think first first question, right? I think the I think maybe a misconception is that education for a professional skill set cannot be given to people who are younger, and I think that's when I was fifteen and growing up. I really wish that I had that professional education, right? And that's something that I wasn't able, I, I really wasn't able, like they don't teach you how to do Excel sheets when you're like in seventh grade, right? <laughs> they, don't, they don't teach you that type of stuff. They don't, talk, they don't teach you how to talk, to talk to users, how to build businesses specifically. And so like, I think that's one misconception where, like even for us, right? Like we do professional skills and courses, but some of the people applying to us are really young. And some mm. of them, like after courses, like have gone to like great things. Like some of them have, landed new roles they've even raised funding um rounds and they've like you know really performing a lot better in the roles and so i think that's one misconception that the education sort of like I, that frustrates me as i said and the second thing is who says learning like who says college has to end at 22 i find that to be so arbitrary but right? like who says why, why can't you have that continuous community and support when while you grow older and if you can do that with some people who, again, like really great, have really great conversations with people in that space and can learn things that are actually happening and things from top operators who are performing in the roles, I think that's a great way to sort of bridge the problem. And, you know, d- despite however old you are, you said it yourself, Ron, like even if you're this super experienced professional, 
you will always be able to learn some, something from people who are steps ahead of you and steps behind you. Yep. So that's, that's just my take on it. Yeah. And again, if you're not open to that learning, you're, yeah. ready, you're uh, missing out. Not you're just that. Out. You're just literally counting days that you're dead because you're also going to be passé. Right. If mm. you close those doors and mm. like, ah, I cannot learn anymore. I'm good. I have experience. Because that's also exactly. the curse of people that have experience. They think that just because say I'm talking to this youngin that I cannot learn from you anymore. Actually, no, yeah. it's the opposite. Because you're you're a product of a totally different new world that I would have to then live in. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna yeah. one, you're gonna be the one creating that new world already. But okay, you, th- well, let's go back to up next. And yes. how did you build a team? <laughs> To, to, to help solve this problem with you because you guys made an amazing product straight off the bat. And again, we'll talk about the accolades in a bit, but let's talk about that team first and the product that you guys built. Right. So our business is very operationally heavy. Um, okay. And luckily, I guess like the one thing, again, it's all about like networking at a school. My co-founder is, I will say, just like, I thought I was good at execution, right? Like getting getting things done. But she would just be like order of magnitude, probably like 10x better at me than like just streamlining, operationalizing things. Um, like she was a big part of that. So I think like that was one of the first things we're really looking at. Um, second, I guess like in terms of team, I think like when you mentioned team, it's really more how do you get just like these top operators and top dudes um, to even like teach with us, right? Because that's crazy. Like um, I... Like the fact that I'm working with people from like Alibaba and like Tech in Asia, I even I find that crazy, man. Like mm. that's <laughs> that's pretty far out. And I mean, it, it all goes back to I guess like my background and sort of like what I've been optimizing for, right? Like, I, I think the biggest misconception with with network building is that it's linear, right? Is that people think like, okay, I meet this guy, I meet like the next higher up, et cetera, mm. et cetera. But really, like I think networking is just being able to hack your way into opportunities. So can I like share a quick story? Like maybe sure. one it might be cool, like on how I did a networking hack. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And especially at a young age, a lot of people mm-hmm. uh you know wilt under pressure and this is like oh, I'm doing yeah, I don't want to be this 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 I yeah. this, this I, yeah. I, I I don't want to punch above my weight class. And especially in yeah, Asia, exactly. they're designed yeah. there's always a ceiling that nope, you cannot sit with us because you're too young and whatnot. How did yeah. you break through those? Yeah, so I think like the, the the thing there is that it's really not transactional. If you can make yourself useful to someone in any way, um, that's great. But at the end of the day, if you come off as someone um, as like who's super curious, who wants to learn, people want to share that, right? Like people, like Iran, like you, you gave me like such great like lessons from what you're doing. It's, it's a privilege to be able to share lessons. You just have to appear earnest and like obviously, I mean, don't be... Like don't don't be don't be a jerk to them um for sure. Like, don't, don't be super forward. <laughs> but, don't but, yeah. be an asshole. There you go. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like going back to like the story. I mean, like on like I guess like some examples that other people might find inspiring or like might um take from is so when we were like in the PDAX days. I think this was one year into university for me, sort of that, that summer. Um, my friend John and I um we found this really cool conference, tech conference in Hong Kong, and it's called Rise. Are you familiar with Rise Web Summit? When people still can go to Hong Kong and it was still Hong Kong, uh, pre-China Hong Kong. Yes, exactly. uh, Before they got bamboozled. Oh, man. I miss it. Yeah. So, yeah, we we saw the website and we really were scrolling through the people, right? And we see like great people like, you know, product lead at Stripe, founder at like StockX, Mm -hmm. uh, founder at like Grab or whatever, whatever. And we just look at each other and we're like, yo, we have to, we have to get in here. And so we scroll over to the tickets and we see that the cheapest ticket is $2,000. And 
And like, I don't have that money lying around, right? And we see the, even then the most expensive, like elite tier ticket, I think is like 20K USD. So that's like a million pesos. Mm. Like, I don't have that money. I'm an intern at FedEx. <laughs> what am I going to do? Right. So what we, what we end up doing is we actually, um, we create this blog um, and the blog's name is titled Dropout Learning because who oh. in Silicon Valley doesn't like smart dropouts? Wow. And what we do is we post it, we post like a couple of articles there, mm. um, different like stories and different things we've learned, obviously. And what we do is we boost it for like $50 on Facebook. Okay. And after a week, we get 35K views on it. Wow. Right? And what we do is we go to Rise, say, hey, Rise. We're, we're a media company. We have a 35K <laughs> viewership. Can we cover your event? And like after a few weeks of back and forth, they were like, hey, can you come to our event? We'll give it to you for free. The elite tier for free. And can you cover, Whoa. can you interview people? And Are when you we were serious? There, that, was, that was like the crazy experience. We got to talk with people from like CNBC, yeah. um, like StockX, Josh Uber. And I think like the most um, impactful conversation there was the meeting Will Gabrick who was the CPO at Stripe. And what he told him, oh. he told him our story. It was super cool, whatever. And he was right. like, hey, like, that's great, guys. Like, but maybe it's time to stop hacking into conferences and it's time to start building. And for me and John, right, that's where, like, that's where we're at now. So Got shout it. out to John. Shout out to Will, Will Gabriel. <laughs> oh, that's great. But that, that's also what it takes. You know, they're, they're, yeah. people always think that there's only one or two paths to get there. And in reality, you carve that your own, but majority of them are those paths that lead you to success uh, are not the ones that are right in front of you. It's hidden exactly. within plain sight. You just have to, you have to find the back door. Yeah, yes. exactly. Oh, I love that. Find the back door. Exactly. There's always a back door. I swear. <laughs> there's always right. a back door. And again, all right, now you, now, there was an onus that you need to start building and stop hacking. How did you guys start building and what was the product that you built with this team? Yeah, so it was very scrappy. Um, mm. Very, very, very scrappy. So we started in March of 2020. So mm. like last year, 10 months ago, something like that. Mm. And it was literally me. It was literally me teaching the course. And I'm like, wow. dude, what, what do I know, right? I've been here. Who are your students? So we had, we basically got um like 20 people just like to test out the course and we posted like on startup ph the typical <laughs> the typical <laughs> route of getting users and then we, we ended up with a cohort of 20 people obviously like we had built up a good network so we invited some people to give guest lectures case studies yeah. and it was good right so that was a process of iteration but it was a lot of imposter syndrome looking around like dude yeah. what do these like other kids have to learn from me right, right. <laughs> right well, what, what did you teach so the first course was really about like entrepreneurship and founders. And I think that was a great exercise for me because I think that sort of formalized and laid the foundation of what I know as a founder today. Um, so I think like that was, yeah, that's what set the precedent. Every, so we did a cohort. I think like after we literally, when we thought of the idea in March, we launched it in, in April, did another one in June. And that was just like the hard times bootstrap. Yeah. You have to set all the calls. You have to email all the people. You have to connect so many different people. That was the hard part, right? Yeah. Um, so that was how it started. It was very manual, very bootstrap for sure. One of the hardest periods um, in the history of the company for sure. Absolutely. But how did you find the right business model? Because I'm not sure if you actually uh, charged for those those things that you, you did. But obviously now with the product that you guys have. Yeah. That, ain't, that ain't for free, right? And you had to find yeah. a way to, to monetize that and create a, uh, again, a, val- a repeatable and scalable business model that works, right? But exactly. ha- ha- yeah. how did that go from 
MVP or concierging this whole thing into yep. something that people would be willing to pay for. Yeah, I, I think maybe one of the mistakes founders do is they make their products free. And okay, like this is some advice from like our 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 mentors, but we'll get to that okay. later. Um, when you charge your product for free, like I don't think you get the best feedback, right? It's a, it's a very different experience of the person who paid for it. Um, when when the person who pays for it gives feedback, because like it's you can tell like they actually have some skin in the game or reason to give you feedback. Um, yeah. So for us, we knew like we had to um, validate it well. Um, right. So like, we were like, okay, let's just, let's charge, but like, that's not a really cheap price for it. So the first cohort's really like 50 bucks, um, full pass entry um, to the cohort, to the community, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess like the value proposition there was like, yeah, you, know, you get to meet different people. You get to learn from us. You get to continue uh, growing. So like, that's how it went from MVP. Of course, now, as we continue to, I guess, like learn and iterate, learn what students actually wanted to see, iterate and build better features for the community. Um, that's when it, I guess, inched closer towards where we are at today. And like the biggest change, obviously, is just like, wow, like the caliber of our instructors is really changing. Um, the the level of, 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 and the depth, I think, of our content is like really what changed yeah. from like literally just me teaching people what I read <laughs> on Paul Graham's blog. <laughs> on YC so, Startup yeah. School. <laughs> it was fun. It was, it's, a, it yeah. was an, it's an iterative process oh, for wow. sure. Wow. But yeah, no, but that's good. But I wanna I wanna find out about this before we take our last break. Not all feedback is great, and a lot of founders mm. that, especially in their first startup, get drowned in that feedback, especially if they didn't do their experiments right. Mm. Right again. So that's a good uh, tip already. Charge from day one. Don't do something for free, and don't do it don't, with your friends or friends. Don't Correct. undervalue. Don't undervalue your product. If you have something that's worth something, then believe in it. I think Correct. that's the mindset. And don't do it yeah. with your friends and family. They're just not. They're just there not to hurt you. Okay. They're they're the <laughs> worst people to ask. Random people. That's what who you need yes. who would actually pay for it. Shout right? out Startup PH. There you go. <laughs> and then a lot of people. Startup PH is, is a very beautiful community. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm an admin there. We we weed out the bad shit. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> um, shout out to Christian Blanquera who created Startup Startup PH. Uh, the Eleven years ago, but yeah, um, yeah, that, that's that's basically it. You, you you gotta find the right feedback. But for you, how did you mm-hmm. get the right feedback to continue building the stuff that matters? Because again, a lot of founders get get lost in the fray in this in this stage, and you end right. up building something that more people don't want, right? But how did you get the right feedback to just keep building the stuff that more people would want? Yeah, no, no, that, that's a that's a great um thing. So obviously, I think the mindset of being just like super honest like brutally honest with yourself, hey, this isn't working, is something that if you don't have, obviously like it won't matter because if you get bad feedback, you'll just ignore it. Just talk, like honestly, just like talk to people, just talk to users. There were weeks where literally all I do is, I've had like four hours straight of like student calls every week and I would just talk to them like, yo, like is this working? Is this not working? How can I help? Even if it's like um, not specifically like the cohort, it's like you're building this, like is there any way I can make myself useful? Right. I think like that's, I think it's a really simple answer. Like, honestly, like you can go into the tactics, you can go into like specific questions or like methods to ask, but at the end of the day, just be genuinely curious about your users um, and talk to them is, is, is what's good. And, and I think like, um, so talking and building your business around users is one thing. I think one thing, I, I think like the favorite tip um, I've gotten, um, shout out Suken. Um, so far in in this in this whole like business crazy startup world or whatever, 
is you don't just have to build a business for users, build the business that you want to build, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's like, so big. like if, if you're not, if you're not building the business that you want to build, then you won't enjoy it. And if yeah. you're not enjoying it, you won't stay. And yeah. in that case, like it's really longevity, right? That's key. So build the business yeah. like you want to build also. Do it like an Asian, right? You know, <laughs> you, you're not here for the quick flip. You're here for a legacy type of business. And in order for you to, to, to have that longevity, you got to love that thing. And you're going to find ways to fall in love with that thing over and over again through the years. All right. Yeah. Now let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's now pay it forward and see additional stuff. And how did you actually scale this up? That's up next. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. 
As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with Javi Lorenzana of Up Next. Again, will tell us, uh, who told us actually, um, how they, they got the, the product out, why they made it. But let's talk about traction now. Because I'm not going to get you this young, this early, if I didn't see something special in what you guys do, right? And just like our season premiere this year, the young kids from Akad Arena, who literally just graduated from Iterative, basically the YC of Southeast Asia, you also got into Iterative yes. this year again. But the best uh, deals. And again, I, I, uh, it's exciting because it's hyper-localized here and they understand the nuances Love those of, guys. Of, yeah. of how, how to do business in Southeast Asia. Not saying that the YC is obviously YC still YC, but to have this and, and have the same results is just absolutely bonkersly amazing. But how, how did you build up from those early classes to get the necessary traction that you need that inev- inevitably got you through iterative. Yeah, yeah. No, as I mentioned, it, it was a lot of bootstrapping. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of risk-taking. So we did like a bunch of different types of, of classes and, and programs too. Um, and sort of what we... When it was time to talk to iterative, um, um, it was really a matter of painting it painting it in a narrative that made sense, which is what, where we are at right now. Um, yeah. And those guys like have a really... I think like what's special about hyper-localized, um, I guess like institutions like iterative and like even what we're trying to build super hyper-localized is that they know the specific problems um, that are happening in this region. And if you're able to repackage or like reinstate and build a narrative around, hey, these are the problems that are happening here, right? So it comes back to, to having that, that narrative, right? So it's, it's team time traction. I think like for anyone like who really is like looking for anything, it's team, who are you? Why are you the people to build this? The track, uh, the the time, like how big could this be? And then the traction, which is sort of like your evidence that this could work. So it's about packaging that well. Um, yeah. No, at, at the end of the day, that's it. And again, in yeah. any accelerator, that's basically the holy grail. Yeah. But yeah. again, I, 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 dozens and dozens, <laughs> probably even hundreds of startups join these types of accelerators, but only select few got in. How did you, what are the things you think you did right? That got you into mm. Brian and Sue Ken's radar because they, oh, they they probably say no to more people than they say yes to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what did we do? Okay, I can give this like tip. Um, so basically, we had our first 
the the first one on one with Sukan and sort of like getting to oh I, I think like the other thing is we were we applied ridiculously early I think we applied like five months oh, wow. I think like the deadline was yesterday or something like that and we applied like five months earlier um, shout out to Martha because Martha my co founder was the one who got kind of pushed for that um, <laughs> so we had the for initial interview and right like off the bat it could see it's like hey Sukan sent me a reply email hey like I'm not sure what you guys are gonna be um, working on like blah 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 you know the usual like follow up question stuff. Um, and I think what really changed and like what other people tell me is like how I guess like we learned from our users and how we continue to learn from our users is yeah. the biggest, I would, I would, I, I assume, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. I assume mm-hmm. like learning from users and like being able to discover trends, be super mm-hmm. data-driven with the statistics that I think like was, um, the big, the biggest thing that they sort of saw, right. Um, potential wise. And as a young founder, right, like unproven, like, like who am I, man? Like who am I to be excited mm. to like this, this iterative um, thing? It's like you need to display like a really good um, potential for growth. Yeah. And again, like how you do that is you you have the you have sort of like your narrative, what you've been doing, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I would say, right? It's like you just learn from users, be super super user focused, build something that people will actually use, build people something people actually want. So yeah. Got it. And in, in specifically, I, in this team tam traction, uh, mm. you know, um, troika or triumvirate that you, you want to say, um, team is very easy to define against who, who's in who's who's mm. who's your gang gang, right? And then traction also speaks for itself. But this is where people fuck it up most of the time. It's a it's tam, mm. it's total addressable market, right? Mm. And how did you guys define your total addressable market? Though, again, you guys were hyper-focused on this type of niche. And majority of the time, most people either hyper-focus, they undervalue their TAM, or they go, oh, everybody is our... Is our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a billion-dollar market, and how come you're the only one who saw this, right? But how did you guys define that on your own? Hmm, how do we define it? Yeah, so I think the interesting thing about time, right? It, it's 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 really, as you said, it's really as much of art as it is science. Um, and what you have, I think, like my best advice for people doing their time is you have to be really clear on your assumptions. You know, who are the specific people you're targeting? How much will they actually pay? Why? Like, it, it's just like the honestly, it's the basics. Um, again, you can talk about like so many of the tactics, so many of like the financial models, discounted DCF, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about like the assumptions you make and are those actually believable? Um, being able to identify a clear market segment, who you want to start with, mm-hmm. right? Um, understanding the value proposition and how much they would be able to pay for it is the basics, right? And it's about like really transforming those basics into a compelling, um, digestible narrative that makes yeah. sense. All right. Now let's talk about traction because sure. you had to hustle for that early traction. Oh, man. You can't get to... <laughs> To, to iterative if you're just gonna dick around you know her, her, hearing what they had to do with ACAD arena had to go through you know when yeah. they were the lace and they had to really compensate for that and, and catch up for you guys <laughs> how did you get that traction because at the end of the day revenue is king in traction yeah. I don't care uh, again what it is um, if, mm. if you mm. join a, a startup or an accelerator like this you can't just be like yeah I have these vanity metrics <laughs> Nobody gives yeah, a shit yeah. about that, right? Yeah. You need what to get the metrics revenue. that matter. 
and especially yeah. majority of the time that's that's revenue, revenue driven yeah. also how did you guys do that for you guys you know again it was though like i will say like those were the hardest um those are the hardest periods of the company where it was just us bootstrapping setting all of those calls um i think like a general framework that might help um that at least worked for us is when you're a startup and that when you're trying to get revenue you're trying i think it, it makes sense to optimize for for growth instead of margin right and what that means is you want as many people um testing your product who have paid so they give you great feedback um and and that's what you want right that's what you want the feedback for to, to keep improving but you, you don't want to optimize for margin too early margin is sort of like of course like how much you're making per customer upcharging doing all that um tactical yeah. pricing and stuff um once you're at a point where you can confidently say, like, hey, this is a product that can work for people, I think that's when you start increasing the margin. But when you're a startup and getting that initial traction, just, 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 you just have to hack it out, man. Like, there's no other way. There's really no other way. Talk to users, talk to like 50 users a week. That's literally what we were doing, right? Talking to 50 users per week, like call after call after call. So yeah, it's tough. It'll be tough, but it'll, it'll be worth it. And like just the learning you get um, gives you that, I guess like domain expertise that you can't really communicate, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the tacit knowledge that it's just intuition at that point. So yeah. Sounds good. All right. Now, last few questions before I let you go. If, <laughs> sure. Um again, I, I know there's a lot of bombs that you're gonna be dropping, but again, just really tough. We're gonna wait it out a little bit more, but you're yes. gonna be seeing a lot of about these guys very soon. But if you had the ability to talk to a hobby in a parallel universe who's probably mm. going through the same thing. What would be the advice that you would give them uh, right. to, to further equip you in this, this early path uh, right. that you, you, you went through? Yeah. Is it okay if like, I sort of talk to, I, I think what I might have good advice for is sort of like the hobby who was like literally um, yeah. like building it at the start. Right. So yeah. I think just to set the context, it was 2020 um, pandemic just hit and yeah. When I saw the option that like, hey, it's going to be online school, I was like, no, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, that's not worth my time. I'm not going to do that. And mm-hmm. so what I did was I took a break, right? I took a gap year from school. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm actually like currently still on that gap year. And okay. really like that gap year before that, 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 those like nine months before I, so that, that was 2020, we started working. That was 2019, uh, 2020, um, 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those like nine months or 10 months where I was just like doing nothing. Like I was sitting on my bed. I was like eating chips. I was like, people were building some cool projects. And I was just like, wow, man, like I really, I think like the advice that like I gave myself and that I, I really um, would give that person is like, just take the time to really be honest with yourself and really do what you want to do. Right. Like, I think like that's the mindset that like really, I think like I really wanted to have and something that I think like kind of worked out. Right. So it's like, right. take that sabbatical Take like that gap year. Don't follow anyone's like narrative of like what you can or cannot do. Just like live the life like you want to live, right? And I think that's the best anyone can do. Um, at that point in time, like I was super lost. Dude, like I was just like reading, reading books. I was just yeah, eating chips. Yeah. And it, it, it was kind of painful, like because I wasn't doing anything. I was just on my bed. Mm. And that point in time, you might be like really discouraged, but yeah. just keep thinking, just keep iterating, do like smallest projects you can do. And if you're persistent enough and if you're honest with yourself enough, then you'll eventually build something that really resonates with you. Um, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm super lucky. I'm super mm-hmm. blessed that I'm in this situation where I get to do that now. Yeah, but it's hard to pers- persist if you kind of have no idea where you're going. How did you get out of that bunk and persist through, right? Because again, it's easy to persist when you have a path that you've seen it. All right, I, yeah. I, I, I got my flow. I got my mojo back. 
right? Yeah. But from a nine month again sabbatical or mm-hmm. again uh, that 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 state that you're in, how how do you get out of that funk and then persist through? Because mm. one thing that you need is yeah. that inertia. Yeah. So that you would then have that ability to build momentum, right? Yeah. Or that kinetic a, energy. I'm just gonna throw physics shit out there. I don't know. I don't know which which one is uh is right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> throw them all there until you build momentum. You know how 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 do you how do you do that? Yeah. No. I I think um I think the 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 maybe the misconception is that it's a funk, and I don't think it's a funk, right? Like you can choose to interpret like doing nothing. Um, being in like a sabbatical and nothing like nothing's going on as a funk but I mean that's that's just life right like when I was thinking about it it was like well, like even now I'm like okay I'm building this company but like my experience is the same right I, I'm still here I'm still in my room I'm still doing like random stuff I mean you can choose to interpret it as something bad but if you if you if you sort of take a step back and say hey right like enjoy what I'm doing today I'm gonna enjoy like my my pancit canton I'm going to take a deep breath, understanding that this is what life is, right? It's sort of a different perspective. And yeah. I think that's what keeps you going, right? Not the, there are a lot of times where I like feel, felt like really pressured to like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, like, I was like super anxious about like, what am I going to do? Mm. But just, I think like if you focus on like living it one day at a time, um, I think that's a really meaningful way. And I think that's like a mindset that really helped me. And I think it's a mindset that anyone who does feel stuck um, or does feel kind of lost, right? Um, just take a deep breath, enjoy your food, talk to someone you love. And I think like that's the best you can do. Right? All right. That is amazing. And again, I'm pretty sure you got a lot of up and coming stuff up next for you guys. But um, yes. yeah, before I let you go, Javi, what's next for you guys? And if they want to reach out and yeah, people are listening to this and they want to uh try up next again just yes. a glimpse of what's coming up in the next coming weeks or months you know that, that we can't talk about while we're recording this what do you guys have in the very near future yeah thanks ron so yeah if you guys are interested in being a part of our growing community we're launching a growth specific course um this is where you get sort of the mindsets on how to grow a business how to you know really delight customers and and sort of like build that loop um, then you should definitely apply to our courses at our website upnext.so so that's upnext.so um for me personally you can find me on twitter um at javi Laurentana, and i also write a newsletter um at zana.vc i'm not a vc but soon enough I just thought that he's 21 come on will, i'm pretty sure thought, it's 31 <laughs> <laughs> yeah there busy, yeah Thanks so much, man. Thanks so much, man. Good. I really enjoyed right. this conversation. And again, we wish you well, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about you guys very soon. But before I let you go, follow us whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And again, if you see some stars in whatever podcast, especially in Apple and Spotify, give us a five stars there. It just helps us get discovered by more hustlers also uh, that are listening to this. And again, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you also be part, want to be part of our community, it's going to be in the hustleshare community on Facebook. Again, Javi, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Ron. All right. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.